Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. We today are commencing a brand new segment that will air at this time each day where we will welcome to the program a, uh, a new legislator, a new member of the Utah State Legislature, either a member of the House of Representatives or a newly elected state senator. And the reason is this, and the reason we're doing so in such a, a deliberate fashion is that uh, we're going to need to be very careful uh, to keep our eyes on all that is going on that is important. It is very easy. It is very easy considering all that is going on around this country and the world uh, to become singularly focused on certain things. I have had to uh, you know, kind of keep myself in check, making sure that I'm not letting other news items slip by as I end up so laser focused on the fallout of what transpired in Washington, D.C. just yesterday. And uh, so with that, uh, I, sh- I share this with you and we, we go about this new plan for 1.30 each day looking at the Utah State Legislature to commit to you uh, that we're going to keep our eyes wide, wide open, that it is not just a single issue that impacts us here in this community, but rather a wide range of issues, and we're doing our darndest to uh, stay apprised. Uh, To kick off this segment, I'm very much looking forward to this conversation, and it is with a newly elected state representative, retired Major General Jefferson Burton. Uh, General, sir, how are you? Hi, Lee. How are you today? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, talk to me about how things are going on your end. You have had quite a year. Uh, if you if you could roll back the clock uh, one year ago, uh, would you have been able to predict anything that you uh, have done over this past year? I, I'd remind folks that for a time uh, you served as the uh, acting director, if you will, of the Department of Health, navigating us through a very tough time of this uh, coronavirus, uh, ultimately securing a seat in the state legislature. Uh, talk to me about how this year's gone for you. Yeah, it's been a challenging year, Lee. I, I agree. I don't think any of us could have anticipated uh, what this year would look like. Uh, concerns over public health like we in our lifetimes have never seen and, and other major concerns. And so it's been, a, it's been a great year. It's been a challenging year. Uh, it's one I don't want to repeat. What have you learned this year? What are the bigger lessons that you've learned that you'll take with you into your duties as a legislator now? Just the fact that uh, we live in, in, in very volatile times, things that uh, maybe wouldn't have had such impact uh, 50 to 100 years ago have a major impact now. We are so connected digitally uh, with our supply chain. One of the things that surprised me early on at the health department was just the uh, fragility of our supply chain and how easy that that thing was disrupted in, in getting our medications and, and even food and, and uh, the things that we rely on to to our stores and 
And that was a major concern to me as I watched that unfold. So I think we have to be vigilant. We have to be uh, aware of, of some of the challenges that might come. And, and if you will, have a vision for the future that includes uh, how we handle some of these very difficult uh, problems. I would say, though, that I think that uh, as a state, we've done a very good job of, of handling uh, COVID the best we could with the knowledge we had early on. And uh, overall, as we can say, Utah's had the lowest death rate in the nation. Uh, even one death is tragic, but I'm grateful that uh, this state uh, has weathered this storm a little better than some others. Yeah. We're speaking with uh, retired Major General Jefferson Burton, a newly elected state representative uh, on the eve right now of uh, commencing his first general session as a representative. You mentioned some of the lessons, sir, that you have learned. Those lessons, uh, as you take them into your duties as a legislator, what does that do to your priorities? What will you be focusing on? What bills will you be introducing? Well, I think for me, Lee, the thing that came through loud and clear is that, that we have to approach things with love and logic. We have to be aware that that the challenges are going to happen. But I found that dealing with them from a place of emotion is never a good thing. We have to be very logical and thoughtful in our processes. Um, I've been appointed to the Criminal Justice and Law Enforcement Committee as the vice chair. And uh, we have well over 70 bills uh, that are going to be coming to our committee. And so... Uh, these things are on the minds of people, security and safety. How do we ensure that? How do we do it fairly to make sure that uh, both the, the general public and, and law enforcement have, have what they need uh, to get the job done? So a lot of my focus will be on those types of issues. Um, I'm also running a, a couple of of uh, bills uh, to help with, uh, as you can imagine, the military, because I do have an understanding of it. I'm always wondering and thinking about how we can expand uh, Hill Air Force Base and and uh, bring more more business uh, from the military side of the state of Utah. So uh, right now, those are the things on the top shelf. I'm also concerned about taxes, like most legislators. I attended the tax boot camp and have been educating myself uh, on taxation in general. And uh, some of the things I'm interested in is maybe eliminating the Social Security tax mm. uh, and some other things. And I think we have the ability to do that. And so I'm very interested in those things and many others. You mentioned the tax boot camp. What's that? It was just an opportunity for new legislators to learn uh, as much as possible going into the session about about uh, the three-legged stool, we call it, taxation, which is sales tax, property tax, and income tax, and how all that affects the, the general fund of our state. As you know, this state is in pretty darn good shape financially because of good fiscal decisions made by the legislature early on. And uh, I think that uh, we'll continue to try to find ways to reduce taxes, especially for the the, uh, the, the average citizen, about which I am one. And uh, I think about that all the time. Every every taxation is a dollar out of somebody's pocket. And so that's something I'm going to be watching very closely. Very good. Uh, again, folks, we're speaking here with retired Major General Jefferson Burton, who is now uh, an elected member of the Utah State Legislature, about to start his first general session uh, acting in that capacity. Uh, you mentioned, sir, that you are uh, now a citizen. That has not always uh, been the case. Well, a private citizen, I should say. Uh, you, uh, you know, in your capacity as uh, leader of the Utah Army National Guard, you have a unique understanding of things. And I wanted to run something by you, and I apologize. It's kind of at a, a left field. We're shifting topics here. There is discussion right now 
about deploying National Guard troops to the the United States Capitol uh, armed, armed. And I think for most folks, they might hear that and not think of anything too profound in that announcement. But the idea of members of the United States military, uh, you, you know, being armed to, uh, you know, act against uh, our nation's own citizenry. As you hear that, how does that strike you? Well, of course, we never want to be in that position. Uh, I served 37 and a half years on in an active duty status, both at regular Army and uh, active National Guard. And I can tell you that uh, none of us want to be in that uh, situation. Uh, and, and I will point out that this is still ongoing discussion. Uh, the director of the National Guard Bureau is a, is a friend of mine, and, and I know what is going through his mind right now is, is uh, number one, we want to protect our citizens. We want to protect our national capital. But uh, we'd all appreciate it if, if that it wasn't necessary mm-hmm. to put troops on the ground there. Uh, citizens should know, though, that the National Guard is designed for that specific function by law, and uh, if called upon by the president or a governor of a respective state, the National Guard can fill that role and assist law enforcement, generally in a logistics fashion. Right. Uh, obviously, our last resort is to be on the line armed with, with weaponry, uh, but but we are prepared and trained to do that, and so... Um, I pray that it doesn't come to that, but it is under discussion for sure. And I think uh, the idea is they're going to up it to ten to 15,000 guardsmen in the national capital region by the 20th of January. Uh, listen, sir, thank you so much for your time, both in the discussion about the upcoming legislative session and the goings-on in Washington, D.C. Uh, always a pleasure to speak with you. Look forward to doing so more so in the future. Thank you, Lee. You too. All righty. Take care. We're going to take a, a quick break. When we return, we're going to dwell on this topic for uh, some time more. The Army Secretary, Ryan McCarthy, here recently discussed the security that will be in place uh, at the Capitol. What does that mean? What are some of the details he's shared? And what will security look like at the United States Capitol going forward? We'll dive into that uh, with the man in charge next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.